This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going on? I'm talking right now with John Robert Connors. Is that? Would you like me to just call you John? Uh, you can call me whatever you'd like, John, or you know, Jr. Jr. Okay. Most cool. people call me Jr., but you know. Nice. Well, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so Jr. always refers to Jim Ross, the the oh. iconic uh, uh, the iconic play by play guy. But I'll call you Jr. For, all right, uh, cool. This one. So uh, <laughs> he's in a band called Cave In. Uh, as you can see by all of the amazing artwork uh, behind him, I actually have one of the T-shirts with the the flower kind of thing behind you. That that graphic, I got it um, on your guys' tour and you played Seattle. But uh, Cave In, they have a new album, their seventh album on Relapse Records. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, so I'm talking with, uh, so not only do you play the drums for Cave In, you also play keyboards and guitar? Uh, not so much the guitar. I can I can kind of that's what your it. Wikipedia said. That's what yeah, I'm I'm just maybe yeah maybe in the past <laughs> I are on stuff, but on this new record, uh, it's mostly just drums and uh, you know synths, atmospheric type stuff. So I should have watched one of those uh, one of those Wikipedia factor fiction videos and and, and oh, right. knowing the truth. <laughs> yeah. Those are always fun to watch. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, you, you know, your, vo- uh, your vocalist, your, your main dude, uh, Steven, he was very busy during the pandemic with a lot of collaborations, like the two minutes to late night stuff. Did you get into any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, uh, awesome. it was good fun. I mean, that, that kind of helped us, um, kind of maintain sanity through the whole beginning of the uh, pandemic, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did a couple a couple covers with them and then we did the cave in every time I die one which is you know a year later from the start of that whole project yeah. but yeah it's good fun so I watched the uh the terror and hot water music one and then you guys did the the every time I die 
and cave in split. It's like a, if, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, it's this thing put on by two minutes to late night. Awesome folks over there. Uh, and they, uh, they do this thing called splitsville where you cover a song or a couple songs by every time I die and they cover some cave in songs. Um, how, how much time did you guys have to prepare for that? Uh, for that particular song, we had a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. I think it was probably about a month, month and a half, something like that. Um, so we did, you know, we were able to sit in the space and kind of go through and learn the song a couple of times before we tried to, you know, uh, do a good take. Um, yeah. but you know, it took us a couple of tries and, um, and then, uh, yeah, we just recorded it at the space and then had those guys, uh, you know, mix and master it and all that. So. Was it was it kind of a trip to hear their version of one of your songs? Yeah, I mean, they're we like their version better than what we. Did, oh you know? no! It was kind of especially the video that they did. It was so heartfelt, and yeah. you know, they dug up old footage, and you know, from what I understand, the band, you know, every time I die, uh, you know, shot the footage anyways in the basement of you know the house that they originally created the band in. You know, that's um, so cool. So you know that whole thing on their end of things is very touching you know well you know you you don't have to say it so i'll say it uh you know with bands like cave in like you guys laid the groundwork for bands like every time i die so it's a, you know it's cool that they um you know paid homage to that and and and, and dug up some old old video that's awesome yeah it was super cool i mean i the best part of that whole thing was that neither one of us knew what the other band was going to do as far as the song choice, yeah. you know? Um, so it was a, it was a good surprise on both ends. And then when it like kind of, um, you know, two minutes did the airing of, of both videos back to back, it was kind of like a pay-per-view, like everyone got excited. Yeah. And because there was no shows at the time, it, mm -hmm. it felt really like you were going to a show. So it was really nice. Yeah. So with shows coming back, uh, just the other night, I went and saw this band called Borknagar, Rotting Christ, kind of a black metal show. Have you been out to, to a bunch of shows or are you kind of just taking uh, it easy uh, and getting ready for the record? Um, no, I've been to a couple. Uh, Caven's played a couple shows. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we did like a show in L.A. We did a couple of shows here in Boston. Um, and then we did actually a festival in I want to say Atlanta um, with every time I die, but um, and converge and it was a big fest there. Uh, yeah. So we did do a couple of shows. It was very unnerving to start with. Um, but, you know, nowadays, especially in Boston, there's, you know, they're they've been pretty good about, you know, checking for vaccines and making people wear masks and, you know, be the, you know, do all the safety type stuff. Yeah. So and the last show that I went to was actually ministry in Boston. Mm. And that was a great show. Um, but yeah, nowadays it kind of feels like you can kind of be mindful of it and be safe at the same time, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. So, so you, you, you drop the word Boston a few times. Obviously, you guys are, you know, like a famed Boston band. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I have to do this, this, this uh, question and, and I want to center it around Boston because, um, you know, that's that's where you've grown up. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, part, we grew up a little bit North of here, but for uh, a lot of the, um, you know, up upcoming, I can't, I don't know how to say it, but the upbringing of Caven was, was in the center of Boston during that time. So for you personally, this doesn't have to be, you know, some like, uh, you know, of all time, you know, like, 
listicle thing, but for you personally, what are your four? So we're talking, uh, we're talking the Mount Rushmore of Boston music. It can be metal, hardcore, funk, punk, rap, just your favorite Boston artists of all time. Let's do four. Man, that's a crazy question. It's like asking your favorite band type question. (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, the ones that pop off in my head right away are like Scissor Fight, you know. I mean, they're they would probably consider themselves more of a New York, uh, New Hampshire band. Um, but you know, very much um in the scene, if you will, in Boston, um, when I was living there, anyways, uh in town. So that would be number one. Um, I mean, you know, underground bands, I'd have to give it up for Barbero. It's a band that um, Andrew Schneider was in. Um, he's someone who's recorded Caven in the past uh, many times and, you know, good friend. Um, but that band was great. Um, not a whole lot of recognition for that band. Um, unfortunately, they're not around anymore. Um, you know, there's bands like I could call out Aerosmith, you know, like, yeah, kind of dudes, you know, Um and for a fourth one, I mean, you know, I guess Converge, maybe. There you I go. Mean, you know, we grew up with those guys. Yeah. And they've, they've certainly been, you know, um, kind of, you know, contemporary, um, you know, bands, musicians, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've just come up in the scene with them for years. So, yeah, I guess those four. But, I mean, there's plenty of others that I'm probably not even thinking about, you know. Yeah. Well, that's that. There you go, man. For me personally, I, no one's asking for it, but I'm just going to say cave and converge blood for blood. And let me just throw in American nightmare. Yeah, there's them or, too, or something. I don't know. Anyways, that's there, just the I, four off the top. A, mind. That's the great thing about Boston, especially, you know, uh, I don't know so much about these days because I live outside of Boston now and I don't get out too much, but sure. Um, when I lived there and I was going to a ton of shows, I mean, there's so many great Boston bands that were coming yeah. around and like in the hardcore scene, metal scene, like mm-hmm. just standard rock and roll. I mean, there were so many elders, a great band that was kind of up and coming. They're still around, I believe. Elder, um, yep. Unearth has but, really killed it. And they got, yeah, you know, they like went out we and, could go all yeah. day. You know? Totally. Just totally. Band names, they'll, they'll keep popping up, you know. Nice. All right. Well, that's funny because we actually have it booked for a 12 hour interview. So, you know, yeah, we're, let's, yeah let's go, dude. Um, I got the metal archives uh, popped up now. Um, <laughs> I hope you're not doing anything today. Uh, so, uh, OK, so you mentioned converge it's funny because obviously here's the segue nate is in the band obviously full-time now what was and this is i believe the first album that he has been in the in the in the writing cycle for you know and and contributed yep. to what was that like uh working with nate you know a longtime friend and stuff and now as a part of the band yeah i mean you know you touched upon it just then i mean he's been a long-term friend i mean we've yeah. known him since you know Kevin was a thing pretty much and we were going out on the road um, I mean, we played shows with, you know, Channel, which is one of his old bands and, you know, and then he joined Converge. I mean, so he's been around uh, Caven uh, and, you know, all the shows and stuff that we played for, you know, since the band has been around. Yeah. Um, so he had kind of a, um, he had kind of a unique uh, perspective on, on being a member of Caven because he's had that time watching us from the outside perspective. Um, so, you know, he was able to come in with that mindset as well as, you know, contributing creatively 
um, to the writing process. So it was it was really cool to have him join in. Felt very comfortable and felt very natural. Um, and especially for me and him, I mean, you know, we were in Doom Riders together for yeah. for a while. Um, so you know, we had already had somewhat of a of a you know working chemistry, if you will. You know, um, I mean, in that band, he's more of a guitarist, and you know, he's obviously the bass player in Caven now. But I mean, he just you know we have a good understanding of, of how we work creatively together. So, um, you know, that aspect of things, it was very easy to kind of, you know, jump on in and start writing. Um, and I mean, he has a slightly different perspective of, of how we view music, you know, I mean, the three of us, Steve, Adam and I, you know, grew up, you know, suburban Methuen area listening to like, you know, our, the, what we were brought up on musically was like, you know, the, the grunge era of music, you know, sure. and like before that classic rock, you know? Um, and I think he had already kind of went into the, the punk rock hardcore realm, you know, a few years earlier than we did before we discovered that stuff. Um, so he had a little bit of a more mature understanding of, of that world, you know, um, and he brought that into the writing process this time around because he was able to kind of quality control what we were doing. Sure. Because um, we kind of almost reverted back to our teenage selves. And, you know, we may have written the next grunge record, you know, from 94 that was missed, yeah. you know, but he was able to kind of QC that. And uh, oh, sorry, I don't know if I could swear. Oh, it's all good. Um, but yeah, he he was he was a good, good, uh, good thing to have around, you know, so. Uh, it was very, very nice to have him in the writing process. I mean, come it's nice to have an outside sort of perspective. I mean, obviously inside now, but you know, being that he he had been so familiar with Kaven, he probably had things he loved about Kaven and things that he would have changed about Kaven. So, you know, him coming in and being like, This is the Kaven album I always wanted, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's totally what it was, you know. And it was a good thing too. I mean, you know, he loves all kinds of music too, yeah. you know. Um so there was a lot of uh, references that we were all able to kind of find common ground on, you know, um, and uh, we just tried to bring all that out as much as we could, you know. Awesome, man. Well, the record is called Heavy Pendul- Pendulum. It's coming out on the 30th on uh, on, on May 30th on uh, Relapse Records. And, uh, you know, I got to ask. So, you know, this is uh, probably a tough thing to ask, but uh, what stands out to you the most about the album? Um, you know, what, 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 uh, what can you tell us about the record or what stands out about it to you? I mean, it's kind of, uh, I mean, it's definitely a mixed bag of emotions. Um, you know, having lost one of our close friends who was a member of the band, Caleb, um, definitely put things in perspective, uh, before we started writing for the record. Um, and it kind of, you know, in the process of doing all the, uh, you know, all the benefit shows that we did for his family. Um, and then we played some shows to um, kind of uh, support, you know, Final Transmission, which was, you know, what we released before, just prior. Um, you know, in doing that, we found that it was very cathartic to continue to play music. And not only that, but to play music that Caleb had a, a handwriting in. Um, so, you know, taking that into consideration, you know, stepping into the rehearsal space and writing a new record, um, you know, that was always kind of in the back of our head, back of our minds. Um, and, you know, there's, there's riffs and lyrics on there and, 
from Caleb directly from notebooks that he had left behind. Um, And, you know, a lot of that stuff, the, the rhythms and the feel of the songs are, you know, inherently have Caleb's touch on them, you know, because we spent so much time being a band together that we were essentially learning how to play music with him. Um, So that stuff is kind of, you know, kind of built into the band at this point. Um, And then, you know, on the other hand, too, I mean, Nate has worked with Caleb in the past as well in Old Man Gloom. Yep. Um, And they were friends as well forever. So he had a really good understanding of of that, you know, feeling as well. So, you know, going into the writing process was was um, cool in that way. Um, And then, you know, moving on from that, I mean, the record itself, we just tried to really we had nothing else going on, you know, so there were no other side projects going on, no shows, you know, because we decided to write right when everything got shut down, um, which was actually a blessing in disguise for Caven, just because we had nothing else to do. So we could just, you know, hang out at the practice space and, and, you know, and just write. Um, And with each song, we really tried to pull in all the influences and, and references from the past that we loved and just tried to shove it all into every song, yeah. you know, that we could. Um, and I mean, you know, it, it, the record is long, <laughs> it's 70 minutes worth of material, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's actually more songs that we didn't uh, end up putting on there because it was so long to begin with. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a real testament to what we've been able to, kind of put out there, you know, um, cause who knows if, and when we'll ever get the chance to do this sort of thing again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the biggest thing. I mean, we're just, we tried to, you know, put as much of ourselves into this record as possible and, and have it, you know, work in a studio in a proper studio with Kurt, um, and get it well documented and, um, you know, just see where it takes us really. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm certainly looking forward to the album uh, and, you know, I, I considered it like a treat. I, I didn't know if I would see you guys again, you know, after the passing of Caleb, um, rest in peace. And um, I, I have to ask, was there ever a chance that Caven was just going to be done and, and, and put it to rest? Or did you guys always want to keep it going? Yeah. I mean, I think that was a thought and a concern that popped up maybe individually in our heads um, when, you know, Caleb first passed. Um, But I think, you know, right after that happened, we were pretty quick to kind of figure out how to help his family out, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, like I said earlier. And uh, so it was kind of like, we kind of went from that moment to jumping into the benefit shows and, and kind of getting the material together for final transmission. you know, so we were just so busy trying to do that, that it kind of, we kind of fell back into playing music. Yeah. And at the point when we were done with all that stuff, um, it kind of, the question was already answered before it was asked, you know, yeah. um, especially because Nate, you know, from the beginning was on board with, with, you know, filling in bass duties. And at that point it felt, you know, so good to continue playing music as Caven. Yeah. And to kind of, um, we put in so much work and effort to get to that point, you know, out to get to the benefit shows and stuff like that, yeah. that it was, like, you know, why not continue this process, you know, and, 
Um, so, you know, we, we just kind of carried on from one thing into the next and it was kind of a quick transition to the point where it wasn't really talked about whether we would continue or not. We just continued, you know? Um, so, and, you know, I think there was uh, a lot of thought about the, of naming that record final transmission. Um, you know, we did have an idea that people would think of it as maybe the, you know, potentially the last cave in record. Um, but that was really, you know, the name of that record was a remark on the opening track of that record, which was uh, basically a, a voice memo of Caleb uh, sending us the, what you hear, a little acoustic track with him humming along, just an idea of a future song. Um, and that was the final transmission that we got from him, you know, wow. um, that was the last thing that we, we heard of him. Um, so that's where that came from, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think, the question, like I said, was, was answered before it was asked. So. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I think we're, we're lucky to, to continue to have a band like cave in, you know, out there and, and hopefully we'll be able to see you guys in the Northwest again sometime, you know, um, do you guys have plans to do like a big headlining tour or, or anything like that in the future? Yeah. Um, we're working on it. Awesome. Um, we just finished up, you know, doing videos for the, for heavy pendulum. Hell yeah. Where- for the record to come out and in the meantime we are um i mean we're playing a show in a few weeks um a festival um really wish i could think of it right now um but we are playing a show coming nice up. yeah uh, <laughs> and uh yeah we have um some tours in the works that haven't been announced uh and some of it hasn't been confirmed yet sure. which is why i can't really speak in detail on that um but yeah, so there is stuff planned that we will be headlining towards coming up. I will tell you, man, coming out of the pandemic, I do not envy the bookers and promoters and stuff trying to like, you know, there's probably got to be for venues. There's got to be like six or seven holds on every day, you know, before things confirm. It's just like it's got to be it's like a madhouse getting rushing back to it. Book Tours are booked through like the next two years. Yeah, I mean, even like, you know, van rentals and, and bus rentals. Oh, yeah. Here and there's wait lists and stuff. It's it's insane at the moment because everyone can go out. So everyone mm-hmm. wants to go out yeah, all of yeah. the time. And it's like, you know, there's too much demand. Man, we got to have like a subscription service to clubs. Like, all right, yeah. you know, <laughs> monthly subscription exactly. service. It's going to be it's going to cost us a hefty amount of money, but it's all good, man. We, we had it a couple of years to save, so. Um, I'm a subscriber to decibel magazine and, uh, it was cool to see you guys on the cover. Did you get yourself an issue of that to like, Hey, mom, yeah, I got myself a coffee rock star. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it's good to show my kids like, there you go, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's weird. It's surreal, you know? Um, cause growing up, I mean, that's all I had you know, yeah. where the magazines, you know, for all my favorite metal bands, you know, mm-hmm. and I would used to rip out the pages and like tack them up on my walls. And, you know, at one point my wallpaper was just pages out of magazines, you know, of all my favorite bands. So oh, me too. It's really cool to, to be able to see myself on one of those magazines at this point, you know, but I'm not sure if people still do that where they collect magazines and kind of hang up the pages of posters, you know, so, well, I just, I just, I just frame the picture so it makes it classy, quote unquote, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. that's what I do. Behind, just put me the whole stuff. magazine in a frame. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, well, okay, so who had the most coverage on your wall? What bands, you know, do you think were the, oh, were the uh, were you a like, crew, Motley Crue, Metallica guy, or? Yeah, Motley Crue was my first love, to be honest. Okay, um, yeah. I had all the records, had all, you know, had actual posters, you know, Theater of Pain and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all the classics, you know, uh, Motley Crue, Metallica. Metallica was a huge one. Um, you know, Guns N' Roses, Van Halen, like all those guys, you know, mm -hmm. like I had Philip Anselmo up on the wall for a while, you, you know, like Antero, um, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, all of it was on my walls. I mean, I had a kind of decent sized room, you know, so <laughs> there was a lot of stuff up there. But yeah, all the all the classics, you know, did your parents what did your parents think? Did they approve or were they like, God damn it, this guy's had some think satanic, really... satanic stuff? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they thought that too far of it. Um, I mean, I think, you know, back in the day, my parents may have been Hellraisers themselves. Oh, OK, you know, but nice. they I think they yeah. tried to hide it from me while sure. I was growing up. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, at one point, I think they gave in more than anything else. And they were just like, you know what, that's his, his little hole, let him do what he wants, you know? Um, so, but I think there was some struggle at first with sure. that stuff, but you know, that's like the classic metalhead, you know, bedroom tale. <laughs> I remember, uh, I, uh, <laughs> The behind back of my door was just like all the like beautiful women of rock and wrestling. So like I just had all of these random like hot babes like on my back wall just because like the rest of my wall was just like wrestlers and metal bands, you know, and punk bands. So like yeah. she one time she went in to go get my laundry and saw the back wall and I came in <laughs> the next day and my whole wall was just completely. Oh. Un I was like, no, those are all my <laughs> pictures of my my girlfriends, dude. Yeah. I had a couple of those, and not on the back of the door, but on the wall where the door would open and close. Yeah, cup up, you know. Yeah. yeah, you found tricky ways, but you weren't actually being so tricky, you know. <laughs> no, exactly. Okay, so growing up, uh, you know, metal T-shirts, and, and I'm wearing a Power Trip hoodie now, so I still, you know, rock the band shirts and band merch. What was your first band T-shirt that you can remember? Probably Nirvana. Nice. Okay. Uh, uh, uh it was um forget what the shit it was like a blue and purple but it was basically nirvana and it was a shirt on uh that song stain or yeah. i'm a stain i forget what it is now but yeah i think it was probably nirvana was my first band shirt dude if you still had that original you'd probably get like 600 bucks off etsy or Depop. i know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah i don't have any of that stuff anymore you know i've moved around too much so what got you kind of um you know from from that kind of stuff you know like Nirvana is a Seattle band started in the underground, but I got to say they kind of became like a radio rock band, a big band. What got you into the, uh, to the underground? What got you, you know, deeper meshed into like the, the heavy underground Boston scene. Was it converge? Yeah, it would have been converge. Um, and mainly, I mean, Steve and Adam were, were ahead of me with that stuff, you know? Okay. Um, and they were the ones who really turned me on to any of that underground stuff. Um, and yeah, I was always more of like a, of a rock kid and sure. more, you know, classic rock and metal more than hardcore or punk rock um, back in those days. But yeah, they definitely turned me on to like Converge. Um, there was like Snapcase. Uh, yeah. Earth Crush, uh, were all those bands that, you know, we were listening to at that point. Um, you know, so yeah, it was it was those bands and uh, and really Steve and Adam that turned me on to all that. Awesome, man.
Well, uh, you know, I'm not going to take up all your time today. So I just have a couple more questions. Um, over the last couple of years, uh, there's been really difficult days for all of us. Um, but music will, you know, can be like a therapy or a form of something to get our minds out of it. When you're having a crappy day, uh, what's a good album that you can reach for? Mm. Something that'll One that I'll put- yeah. go back to uh, is either Super Unknown from Soundgarden mm. um, or Siamese Dream, uh, you know, from from uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, those two records are very much uh, my go tos when I need like a good, you know, a good, uh, you know, soul food type of day with music. Yes. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. shout out. Uh, and then, like, you know, on top of that, if I were, you know, feeling heavier, you know, wanting a heavier day, uh, probably like, you know, either Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning. You know, those two records are, are definitely, they kind of get you fired up and, you know, get you out of the funk that you may be in. And I mean, those songs are like fuel, you know, they, they get you fired up and want you to tear down walls. So, you know, that, that would be my, like, I need to like really, you know, get amped up and I'm not feeling it. I put those records on. Well, being, or that, I mean, that's the thing. Like you start thinking of things, yeah. you know, left it, you know? <laughs> you're mentioning all these Seattle bands. I, I do a Seattle radio show. So, gonna put you on the spot man favorite seattle favorite seattle bands what's your favorite seattle band or bands just i mean all those i yeah yeah can't say anything you know too too deep here but yeah i mean and now that you're saying it i i guess it sounds like i'm playing into you being in seattle but i'm really not you know uh i grew up and loved those records and that was like when i was like you know 14 years old right around that time you know you're super impressionable Mm-hmm. um so yeah those bands were I mean, that was the biggest stuff all over you know that was the yeah, you couldn't yeah. escape it, especially yeah. as a teenager you know yeah. um and that really informed uh, you know how i play how i look about you know or listen to music and how i think about it all comes from those bands you know like the classic grunge bands if you will you know um but nowadays um you know i have a hard time remembering where bands are are coming from uh but, you know, there was like bands like Botch, they were from Seattle, you know, um, and, you know, the various offshoots from from that whole crew. Um, you know, I think Helms Ali is still in Seattle. Yeah, so shout out um, Ben, yeah. But they're a great, great band, great people too. Uh, we had, you know, the pleasure of playing some shows with them on the West Coast, you know, before the pandemic hit. Yeah. Uh, and just, it was an absolute pleasure to be on the road with them, you know. Absolutely. Um, so there's bands and I'm sure there's plenty yeah. of others that I can't think of, but it's mainly because I I have a terrible head for where people are coming from, you know? Yep. Um, so if you told me one of my favorite bands was from, from Seattle, I probably wouldn't know. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Uh, yeah, well, okay. I, I got to say it, man. Motley Crue would hate you, dude. You, you sold them out and went flannel, dude. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, okay. I- you know, I, that, that, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't talk, but yeah, seeing uh, them live kind of changed my opinion on that band. <laughs> sure. There, there's yeah. viral videos. Yes. To, oh to, yeah. yeah. There's plenty of evidence to yes. that that I just made. <laughs> One of these days they'll have an, an actual farewell, 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 farewell tour. So yeah. yeah right. Uh, okay, man. So last question, uh, if you can show us, feel free, but, uh, in any case, uh, Pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got the scar. Ooh. All right. Well, really, I have two scars that were one incident. Okay. Um, one that I can really show you. I don't know. You could see it, but it's like right there on my oh, wrist. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Uh, so it's that one, and I have a big one. Can I see it? Yeah. And it's not what are we doing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. So that's all due to me trying to relive my youth Uh-oh. in my mid twenties and get back on a skateboard, uh, which I was never a great skater to begin with, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, we all got back at, you know, cave and all got back into skateboarding one summer when we were all living in Boston. Still we're young again, man. Yeah, totally. Great idea. And we had like tours booked and everything, you know, oh, last yeah. Doing as a not great skateboard person is get on a skateboard, you know. But long story short, uh, ended up falling uh, backwards and landing on my wrist, uh, and so broke the wrist. Um, and convinced myself that it was just a sprain, and then toured on it with with Converge for a month. What so Caven and Converge went on tour for a month, and I did that whole tour, you know, really wrapped up wrist but i had a broken wrist um so which made it worse and then very long story short uh ended up getting surgery uh in germany to fix it and a piece of my hip bone got taken out and fused into my wrist with screws and all that so because it probably healed wrong yeah i did and that's why uh i had you know in the process of about two years um I had two casts on and then they had to re-break it at one point. And then I went into a 20 hour surgery to, to fix it. So, and then it was like another year of healing afterwards. So it was, it was a scary time in my life. Um, but thankfully I'm past that and I've been able to pick drumming back up, which was worry, obviously. 
but yeah, so that that was two scars for one event, you know. <laughs> that's hardcore. That's metal, man. Is just being like, yeah, it's all good. I'll, I'll keep going, man. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, you know, in hindsight, it was kind of the <laughs> the stupidest decision I've ever made, you know. Um, but you know, I always heard things like, uh, I think it may have been like the bolt thrower drummer, like his shoulder up and like, was like, screw it. I'll just duct tape it together and keep playing, you know, like, and I would hear stories like that everyone, everywhere, you know, once in a while. And I think those kind of popped up and convinced me that I could go on the road with a broken wrist, you know? Um, so yeah, that tour, I don't remember a whole lot of it, uh, just because, um, there was a lot of cannabis involved as pain uh, yes, was yeah. involved. So yeah, I don't remember much of that, that tour, but from what I'm heard, you know, it was pretty good. So you got the scars <laughs> to prove it. When's the last time you skated? That's the last time I oh, skated. Okay. Actually, well, I, I think I was on tour in the States with uh, Doom Riders and we hit a spot that had like, we rolled up to some random hotel yeah, uh, somewhere in Texas. And, uh, you know, across the street, there was a bowl there that someone had made like a concrete, like it was, yeah. it was well right. done. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Nate's really, he's a great skater, skater. So we just hung out and, you know, ended up drinking whiskey in this bowl and he had a board and I rolled around a little bit, but, you know, definitely had flashbacks to, you know, two to three years of being out of commission. So I was like, yeah, I'm all set. I'll just keep yeah. drinking a while, you know, there you go. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for indulging my my ridiculous questions and and chat yeah, with no me worries. today. JR from Cave In, uh, new album again on Relapse Records. My bad. So uh, again, you can get your pre-orders in. Uh, believe it or not, I still buy CDs. So I got my pre-order for a CD. Um, keeping it 90s with the 90s theme. Um, and uh, yeah, look forward to the album, man. Any final words for us here in Seattle? Uh not really just, you know, be safe, take care of each other, you know, don't be such pricks to e each other, you know, Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that going around and it doesn't need to, you know, right on man, dude. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Have a good one. Absolutely. Hopefully I'll see you in the, in the future when you guys come around Seattle. I'm sure. Yeah. That's in your future. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? 
then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.